Well, how many of you have a best friend or a good friend group you like? Like you have a good friend group, you have a best friend, you love hanging out with them. They're a big part of your life and um, you like to hang out with your friend or with your friend group. And a lot of times it's interesting that we will give up things in our life to hang out with our friends, won't we? Or to just be with our friend. If your friend calls and says, hey, could we do lunch and you maybe have something on your schedule, you're probably going to work your schedule around, aren't you? You're going to give something up in your schedule and you're going to say, hey, uh, I want to do lunch with my friend, so I'm going to move things around and I'm going to cancel some stuff. If you're in middle school or high school and your friend during third period says, hey, can we hang out at lunch? And you were thinking in your head, oh, I needed to go study for my history test. What are you going to do? Hang out with your friend at lunch, right? That's right. You're not studying for history now. Your friend just asked you to, to hang out with them and you're going to hang out with your friend at lunch. And so whatever you do, you're going you're gonna to move some things around in your life to hang out with your friend. If your friend calls and says, hey, can you take a walk or go to coffee with me this afternoon? You're going to work things around. Can I just tell you something? That's what prayer and fasting is. That's exactly what prayer and fasting is. I'm moving things around in my life and shuffling things around and canceling some things so that I can be with my best friend, Jesus. That's exactly what prayer is and fasting is. And that's what we've been doing intentionally for 21 days, and we've got another week to go. Because what we're discovering and what we see in God's Word is that prayer and fasting is a very, very helpful spiritual tool in our lives to help us to get to know God better. It helps us have a closer relationship with him. It helps us to grow in the spirit. It helps us to change some of the things that, that maybe we've just been kind of going along with. And the Lord is saying, hey, here's, here's something in your life I'd like you to work on so that we can have a closer relationship. And so it's some relational building and relational work time as well. And so this prayer and fasting time that you and I are on is super important for our faith and super important for the church. It's also really important for our future. We've been focusing on three aspects of prayer and fasting, up, in, and out. And those three things are really important. We've been focusing up on God. The first week we talked about all of the cool things that God does in our life and just how neat he is and how we're just, prayer and fasting helps us worship him. It helps us focus up on him. The second week, we said, hey, prayer and fasting helps me work on me. There's some things in me that I need to work on that are some things that just the Holy Spirit's going to want to change. And this, this morning and this week, we're going to focus on going out into the world. And I want to choose a section of Scripture to talk with us about that this morning and it's in Acts chapter 13. So if you have your Bible or your phone or however you follow along with God's word, you can get to Acts chapter 13 this morning because there's something very important that happens to us when we pray and fast. See, when you and I choose to pray and fast, 
It changes our heart for the world. That's what happens. When we pray and fast, it changes our heart for the world. Because when we pray and fast and we, and we intentionally get closer to God and we spend time with him in prayer and we give something up in our life to draw close to God, then we begin to also discover God's heart more. And when we discover God's heart more, we begin to understand that he loves the world. And he wants every person to have a relationship with him. And we begin to comprehend the sacrifice of Jesus and, and how he paid for our brokenness and redeemed mankind. We begin to grasp the kindness, the compassion of our God for our neighbor, for our coworker, for a family member, for our city, for your enemy, for the world. You begin to get the heart of God. And prayer and fasting is important because... The world needs Jesus. And so I've been noticing my heart changing in that way too, and I hope yours is too. And so this morning, I want to I show us a little section of Scripture in Acts chapter 13 and talk about how prayer and fasting helps us go out. So if you have your Bible and you're open to Acts chapter 13, then follow along with me. And I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna back up just one verse into chapter 12, um, and this is one of those sections where maybe the verse above should have been in this chapter, and so we're just gonna go up one verse. And sorry, it's not gonna be on the screen, but you'll you'll catch me in verse one in just a minute. Verse 25, and then 13. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I'm going to stop right there and get to the rest of the section in just a minute during my second point. But I want to point out to you something that I noticed in this first section of verses, particularly in verse 2 and 3. The first thing I noticed was that the closer you get to God the more you will want to share the gospel of Jesus with the world. The closer you get to the Lord, the more you will want to share him with the world. Now look at the response of the Christians who were worshiping and praying and fasting in Antioch in verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Now let me stop there. Here's something really important. When you pray and fast, you will hear the Holy Spirit. This is really important. When you take intentional time to say, I'm spending time with the Holy Spirit right now, and I'm going to do that for 21 days, the Lord will begin to speak to you, and you will begin to hear him. And that is really cool. So here's what it says. The, when they were fasting and worshiping, the Lord said this, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, 
for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed again, they laid hands on them and they what? Sent them out. They said, go out, go out and preach the gospel. See, this is out. They fasted and prayed, and then they heard the Holy Spirit say, send these two guys out into the world to preach the gospel. See, fasting and praying changed their heart for their neighbors. Antioch, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, is a Middle Eastern town north, north of uh, Israel, right on the coast, kind of, and Cyprus is an island out in the Mediterranean Sea. And so they're kind of like their neighbors. And so what the Holy Spirit said is, I want you to send Paul and Barnabas to go talk to your neighbors about Jesus. See, you can't help but become compassionate for those who live near you and for those who live far away from you, that you want them to know Jesus as your Savior. See, when this happens in your heart, when, when your heart begins to change, two things are going to happen. As you pray and fast and your heart begins to change for the world, two things are going to happen. One, you might want to go yourself. Or two, you'll want to be a part of helping somebody else go. So one of two things is going to happen. As the Lord changes your heart about your neighbors and about the rest of the world, you're going to either say, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go share Jesus with someone, whether that's my neighbor or a coworker or someone. Uh, you just say, hey, I want to I go to the other side of the world. I've got to go. I've got to go talk to someone about Jesus. That will begin to happen in your heart. Or you may still say, I'm super shy. I can't do that. But you know what? I've got a lot of resources and I got, I got a lot of talents and gifts and ways that behind the scenes... I could help some people who, who are loudmouths, and they can go, right? And we need loudmouths for Jesus, amen? amen? We need that. See, when we intentionally draw close to the Lord, we will learn what's on God's heart. And what's on God's heart is people. People that he doesn't have a relationship with, he wants to have a relationship with, and you will see that in your own life and in your own heart and in your own mind begin to take place. I want you to remember something else. Remember Acts chapter 1 and 2? When the church first was getting started, like its, its first day, this is probably like its 300th day. <laughs> Actually, it's a little bit more. It's probably about 15 years later, but maybe 16. But um, it's still pretty young, right? Here we sit about 2,000 years later. Our story is about maybe 16, 17 years after the birth of the church in Acts chapter 1. But you remember Acts chapter 1, like one of the last things Jesus said to the disciples was, hey, I want you to go back to Jerusalem, and I just want you to hang out and pray and wait for the gift my Father wants to give you. And then Acts chapter 2 happened. For 10 days, they just hung out and prayed. They just hung out and prayed and worshiped and probably fasted a little bit, but also probably had some great meals together and had fun together. And then on that 10th day, the Holy Spirit fell upon those people in that upper room. They all spoke in tongues. And then do you remember what happened? They hung out in that little room and they said, let's just stay here forever. No, that's not what happened at all, is it? As soon as they got filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? They ran out into the streets. 
They literally ran out of the room and, and they began preaching and talking about Jesus and 3,000 people got saved that day. Can I, can I tell you something that's really important? Because sometimes we get this confused a little bit. We link it to a word called revival. Revival is not us hanging out in the room worshiping Jesus forever. Where we just say, oh, revival's so great. Holy Spirit's so awesome. Let's just stay here and hang out. Oh, yes. That's not revival. Revival is the Holy Spirit did something in me, and five minutes later, I'm talking to my neighbor about Jesus. Five minutes later, I, my voice is opened up, and I'm spilling out and talking about Jesus in the marketplace everywhere I go. That's revival. See, here's what's interesting. Everything we see in the church, everything that has happened in the church, everything that has happened with the gospel of Jesus Christ from the beginning, Acts chapter 1, to where you and I are now sitting in chairs in Cheney, Washington, knowing Jesus Christ is our Savior, everything, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, everything got started. Why? Because people prayed and fasted and worshiped intentionally. Set aside time and said, I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to worship. And bam, God did something. The foundation of the church of Jesus Christ is built on prayer and fasting and intentional worship. And that's why you and I right now are praying and fasting because we recognize we need it in our own lives, but also, guess what? Our city needs it, and we need to be going out. Now, the second thing I noticed is in verse 7. So let's jump to verse 4 and begin to read the rest of the section. Verse 4. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right way of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Here's the second thing I want us to see about prayer and fasting, and that is that prayer and fasting will prepare us to talk about Jesus when people want to hear about him. 
Now, here's what I thought was great in the middle of this section in this story, is that in verse 7, the second half of verse 7, it says, The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of the Lord. Now, here's what, what, what is just true. Prayer and fasting is a spiritual habit that has spiritual ramifications. And in particular, in this text, we see two ramifications from prayer and fasting. I want you to look at both of them with me. They're very important. The first one is this. While we pray and fast, it's preparing us to present the gospel. Remember how earlier in, in verse 3, they prayed and fasted, and then they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul, and then they sent them out? That prayer and fasting was preparing those two gentlemen to present the gospel. And the same is true for us today. When you and I pray and fast, it prepares us to present the gospel. And so while we pray and fast, the Holy Spirit is doing something spiritual for you and I. He's doing something in our heart, in our minds. He's preparing us to be bold and courageous. He's driving out all fear of man that would stop us from opening our mouth and talking about Jesus. And while we pray and fast, the Holy Spirit might be revealing something specific about that person you'd like to share with or that people group you'd like to share with. And he's, he's opening your heart and your mind to that and, and to, the, to the best way to talk about Jesus with that individual or that people group. And then while we fast and pray, the Holy Spirit is also giving us verses in the Word, and he's just preparing us to share Jesus with the world. And so this is very important why we fast and pray. But the second thing that ha happens is really interesting too. It's also preparing others who need the gospel. See, sometimes we don't understand that what we're doing as we pray and fast is something very spiritual. And I'll get to that in a minute. But there's something that's happening in the spiritual realm when we pray and fast. Not only is it preparing us, it's also preparing people to hear the gospel. Because we're, we're, we're working in the spiritual realm. And so sharing the gospel becomes very important in the spiritual realm as well. And sharing the gospel is first a spiritual thing. And so there's work that needs to be done in the spiritual realm for that person. There's work that needs to be done in the spiritual realm for that, that people group or that nation that we plan to go to. And that work that gets done gets done while we pray. And while we set aside ourselves to pray and fast, the Holy Spirit begins to do work in the spiritual world because we ask him to and because we want the gospel to go and because we're getting ready to go there. So the prayer and fasting that the church in Antioch did was preparing the people on the island of Cyprus and this man called the proconsul to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was preparing all that in the spiritual realm. And then it was preparing a, a response and, and a desire for him and for others to come to know Jesus as their Savior. This is why it's really important when you and I pray and fast for part of our prayer time to be about praying for others to believe in Jesus. That when you pray, you should pray for your neighbors and for people that you know in our city and 
for family members and for those that are, are close to you and near and dear to your heart, that you're beginning to pray for them to come to believe in Jesus. It's an important thing for us to do. So one of the things that begins to happen in the spiritual realm and manifests itself in the physical realm is that you and I get prepared to talk about Jesus when people want to hear about him. And that's exactly what happened with this proconsul. He wanted to hear the word of the Lord, it says. And their prayer and their fasting allowed that to begin to happen. But there was a third thing that we need to notice about prayer and fasting. Maybe you've noticed that in the past 15 or so days that you've been praying and fasting, but we also see it right in this text. And it's this, that praying and fasting will often cause a response from the demonic realm. Now, here's what's really interesting. Did you notice that there's kind of a crazy spiritual battle happening in this section? There's really something quite interesting going on here. Look at it with me. As Paul and Barnabas set out to go to Cyprus, they've prayed and fasted. The church in Antioch is praying and fasting. They get to Cyprus, they begin to share the gospel, but then there's this attack and response from the demonic realm because they decided to go out. There's an attack. There's a response. And here's what I've noticed in my life, and I wonder if you're noticing it now in your life as you've prayed and fasted, that this will also happen to you when you pray and fast. But sometimes we think, you know, if I'm going to do something good for the Lord, everything's going to turn out perfect, right? If I choose to give up food for 21 days, then that means there's lots of great, awesome things that are going to happen in my life. That's very true. But guess what else might happen? An attack from the demonic realm. Because the enemy of your soul does not like the sacrifice that you are making for Jesus to make yourself better and to make the world better, and to help people hear about Jesus Christ. So we see this, this response from the demonic realm. And the forces of darkness, they, they don't like our prayers. They don't like a desire that you might have to help people pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ or to believe in Jesus Christ for the first time. They don't like that. See, the enemy likes the influence that he has on our life. He likes the ways that he's holding on to us. He likes the ways that he's got his claws in us. And he doesn't want to lose that. He doesn't want to lose that ground. But when you and I choose to pray and fast, and we begin to seek healing in our life, we begin to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to pray and fast, they can't stand that. The enemy of your soul cannot stand that you are choosing to be intentional about your relationship with Jesus Christ and to be intentional about helping others hear about Jesus. The enemy cannot stand that. He hates that. And you will often have a response. You may be saying right now, Pastor Mark, I've noticed that. Gosh, I've been so tempted to do things I was not being tempted to do before when I wasn't praying and fasting. It seems like something is just amped up in my life. That's because the enemy of your soul does not like what you're doing right now. He does not like that you are making an intentional decision to be better for Jesus 
and to focus on, on the world to come to believe in Jesus. See, the enemy of your soul hates the learning and the growing and the healing and the strength that you gain from prayer and fasting, and he will often attack to try to make you feel defeated. And that's exactly what happened here. Now, let's look at the response of Saul. Look at Saul's response for a minute. Saul knew exactly what to do when he was faced with a demonic attack. Stand up against it. That's what he did. He stood up against it. Now, this gentleman, Elias, or or Elamis, Paul could see spiritually that he was a very evil person. And so he just calls it out. You, he says, are a child of the devil. And so here's what you should do. Anyone at work that you know that doesn't like Jesus, just from now on, call them a child of the devil. I think it would go, your neighbor, your, no, that's not what we're talking about, right? Let's be very clear here, okay? Paul is being very specific, very intentional. You'll notice, I think, um, I, I didn't research this super well, but I think this has only happened maybe two or three other times in all of Scripture, where some one specific person was called out directly. There is the young, the young woman in, in Ephesus that Paul casts the demon out of, um, just turns around and casts a demon out of her, and it turns out to be a mess as well because there was a demonic attack. But this does not happen very often. In other words, you and I are not called to walk around all the time calling people children of the devil, right? That is not our response. But our response is to to stand up against it. Now, here's what else is interesting. He says to him, you're an enemy of everything that is right. And you're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the world? Now, here's what I noticed about that. That you and I are living in a time where that's happening in our culture too, isn't it? That's happening in our culture right now. There are people who hate the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're trying everything that they can do to make sure that right just is wiped out off the planet. And they're doing all kinds of deceit and trickery and we get an opportunity, because we know who those people are, we get an opportunity behind the scenes to pray for them, to fast for them, to trust that the Lord would do something significant in their lives. Believe me, people like that get saved all the time. And they need Jesus as much as we do. In fact, a lot of times what you'll discover, somebody that's really uh, against the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's probably because something happened in their past by somebody that represented Jesus and they didn't represent Jesus very well and hurt them badly. And guess what? you get to be the next person that represents Jesus in the right way. You get to be the next person that represents Jesus with love and kindness and grace and truth, and they get conflicted. And in that conflict, they get to decide, wow, maybe this is the real Jesus. 
this is who he, he really should have been like, not the pain that I'm carrying that's causing all this pain in my own life and causing me to react to the gospel in such a negative way. You get to be the love of Jesus in that person's life. So one, don't call them a child of the devil. And just love them. Call them, call them a creation of God that is beautiful and lovely. Amen? Amen? Now, I want you to notice also that the Bible is clear about something that, that we need to understand. And it's in this section. And it's this. That there's always something going on behind the scenes. We know that, don't we? And I think especially right now, during this time of COVID, I don't know about you, but I'll just, I'll just tell you for me personally, sometimes I can get a little bit riled up about political things and how people are leading inappropriately or how I think they're leading inappropriately. But then I have to remember something. I have to remember, that's not them. That's, that's not them. I know as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, that there's something spiritual going on behind the scenes. That's what's happening. That it's, it's the enemy of our world. It's the enemy of people just longing to take us into unhealthy and godly things. That's what it is. What's really happening is something spiritual manifesting itself in the physical realm. But because I'm a believer, I don't have to get all jacked up about what's happening in the physical realm because I know that it's really happening in the spiritual realm and I get to pray about that and I also know something else. In the end, I win. I win. And what does that mean? That means that I don't go, if I know my team wins in the end of the game, I don't go nuts crazy in the second quarter when they're failing. I don't, because I know we win in the end. Now, if I don't know what we win in the end, if, if we didn't know that, if we didn't know we win in the end, then it would make sense in the second quarter to be all freaked out and fearful and mad and angry and frustrated. Whoa! But we win in the end. So why are we being all freaked out and frustrated right now in the second quarter? We need to stop that. That's just fear. And we need to recognize as believers and followers of God's word, that we know what's going on behind the scenes. And we can pray and fast and talk to the Lord about that and not make it such a big deal. Because the Bible is clear that there are two worlds, a spiritual world and a physical world. And the spiritual world is much more powerful than the physical world. In fact, all of us came from the spiritual world. The Bible says that God knew every single one of us before the creation of the world. He created the physical world from the spiritual world, and you and I are spiritual, and he put us here on a physical place. In fact, your body, this is a physical body, but it's not you. This is just, Corinthians says, this is your tent. You're camping in this thing. This is your, this is your tent for however many years you get, 75, 85, 10, whatever it is. This is your tent. You really are a spiritual child of God, and this is your time to figure him out. But that doesn't mean that in this meantime, while you and I are here on earth, because we chose to walk away from God and because we chose choose uh, on a grand scale to walk away from God, there will be things that we will see the enemy of our soul doing 
in our lifetime. We will see all kinds of inappropriate things done by the devil himself that is planning things from the spiritual realm to take place in the physical realm so that we are mad at God or ignore God or just flat reject him completely. And it's up to you and me to interact with that in the spiritual realm through prayer and fasting and worship and spiritual things that we know so that what we do will help the gospel of Jesus Christ to move forward. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Lord, may, may what's happening in heaven, in the spiritual realm in heaven, happen here. That's part of our prayer. That's part of our life. That's part of our mission to help the spiritual good things of the kingdom of God manifest themselves in the physical realm here in our lives. And prayer and fasting helps us see all that, interact with all that, get it in our hearts, understand it from the word, and begin to be a spirit-filled believer that understands that in a very, very healthy way. Now, lastly, um, I want you to know something very important. As we kind of close out this prayer and fasting time and as we close out this section, I want you to know something very important, and it's this, that you can stand up against an attack from the evil one today. As a child of God, as a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you have the authority to stand up against the enemy. You're an ambassador for him. If you or I were an ambassador of the United States and we went to live in another country, we have all the rights and the authority and the power behind us of the United States of America and our military. Amen? As an ambassador of Jesus Christ, you are a minister of reconciliation. By the way, that's our verse for today in our journal. I don't know if you noticed that in your journal, if you've done your journal already. But our verse for today is from 2 Corinthians about being a minister of reconciliation, to go out. Kind of a Holy Spirit moment where he tied the verse in about going out on the day we would speak about it. We didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did it. Now, here's what's interesting. You and I are called to be ambassadors, and that means that you have all of the power of heaven behind you. You have all of the power of the name of Jesus working for you. You have the most powerful tool in your tool belt against the enemy of your soul, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, the name that conquered the, the enemy on the cross and through the resurrection is yours. It's in you. And it can come out your mouth and your heart and your spirit. And so when the, when the enemy attacks you, speak against him in the name of Jesus. You can simply say, in the name of Jesus, I command blank. I command you to get away from me. Remember the first week or last week we talked about how Jesus just said to, to Satan, hey, get out of here. In his third temptation, move, on, move along. See ya. 
Don't want to be you. That's what Jesus did. Just, hey, get out of here. Quit bugging me. Such a pest. You get to do that. When the devil tempts you, just tell him, hey, in the name of Jesus, get out of my head right now. Get out of my life right now. I don't want to do that in my life. Stop tempting me. And watch him leave. He will leave. Quote a Bible verse against the enemy. Or just tell him to leave in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you. Prayer and fasting helps you discover that and honor that in your life and understand that you are in a spiritual battle, but you have the most powerful weapon in that battle. You literally, it's, it's literally like at any point you get to show up and drop the nuclear bomb. That's what, that's what we're talking about. You get to show up and just end it. In Jesus' name, this is done. I'm, I'm done with this. Get out of my life. Get out of my head. Get out of my heart. What, we, what we've been discovering over these past three messages is that prayer and fasting changes our heart for the world. Now, as we end, I, I, I want to challenge you about something. I want to challenge you, give you a, I want to give you an out challenge, okay? And, and it's for the rest of the year. I want to challenge you to pick one person, or it could be one family, or maybe it could be one nation or people group or something like that. I just want you to pick one thing, and I want you to pray for that, that person or people group or family for the rest of the year. Pray. And maybe you'll fast again, and I, I just want you to pray for that, that one person or that one family, maybe that one people, group, or nation. And I want you to pray for them all year. See, here's my belief. If all of us do this, if we all, everyone at Cheney Faith Center, those of you online, those of us here, if we all begin to pray for someone, let's say 10% of those people say yes to Jesus in this year, then we will see growth in our church. We will see people saying yes to Jesus. And I believe that's something that we should do. So I'm going to throw out the challenge. And, and probably the Holy Spirit right now is putting someone in your mind. Right now. He's dropping that person in your mind and in your heart right now. And you already know this is a person I need to pray for. And I'm going to pray for them every day for 2022. And I'm going to see what the Lord does. And if the Lord wants me to share with that person, I'll share. If the Lord wants me to share just with my actions, my words, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. So, and then we get to look for the Holy Spirit to open doors to help us to share Jesus with that person and with others. So that's the challenge. Good? Got it? All right, stand with me. Well, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for this moment, for this time where we've been saying, Lord, we're going to sacrifice for you. We're going we're to change our lives. We're going to give up something. We're, we're going to fast something. We're going to deny a, a normal routine in our life that we can set aside time to pray. And we can set aside time to just be with you, to be in your presence. Holy Spirit, I want to pray as we continue one more week here 
that your, your presence and your power and your strength and your healing would be a part of our lives. Help us as we continue to fast. And Lord, if this is somebody, if this is someone's first time here, and maybe they just do it for a week, and start today and then next week, whatever it might be, I pray that, Lord, you would help us. And Holy Spirit, we also pray that you would help us to begin to go out. That a response to our focusing upward and focusing inward would be to go out, to help people know Jesus and live for him daily. Lord, that's our mission. That's our heart at Cheney Faith Center. And so I pray that you would help us to do that, that it would be a part of who we are. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I can honestly say today, it was good to see you. It's been a while, and it was really good to see you face to face so much. So thanks so much. And remember, Jesus loves you very much. So to Kate and I, have a great week.